Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Care, 321 North Main Street in Jones, South Carolina. They have full details with hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. While you're waiting, your vehicle customer seating is available as well as the dining area. They open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Dessert. If you can satisfy your sweet tooth, this is the place for you. They have a wide variety of desserts, including cakes, ice cream, banana pudding, and my personal favorite, the Oreo cheesecake. They open Tuesday to Saturday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. and closed on Mondays. So stop by and visit Big Ben's Desserts on 297 Spartanburg Highway in Lyman, South Carolina, where nothing could be sweeter. Today, once again, we have another very special guest with us as we are. This is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. We are still here in Las Vegas. We have a, another entrepreneur with us today. He's a chef, um, a lot of accolades, very successful entrepreneur. And happy right now, I'm happy to have Mr. John Paul Labadee. How yeah, are you? Premier Carlos, how are you? The founder of Apron Tie. Yes, yes sir. sir. So thank you for joining us. This has been a fun trip. You know, this is our first time here in Vegas, so it's been very eventful. And um, like I was telling you, just to give people a little backstory, I knew we were coming to Vegas um, a few months ago. We made a list of places we wanted to go to for our trip. And um, one of the, the previous interviews we had, um, we spoke to her, his uh, publicist, and she kind of put everything together. So once I knew that we were coming out here, I just started reaching out to entrepreneurs. And thankfully, you had the time to um, take, to had some time to come sit with us. So thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Yes, sir. And one of the things, we're definitely going to get into Apron Tie. Um, we know this is your business, but we always love to hear the backstories of yeah. how entrepreneurs got to the point to where they are. Because so many times... Only thing we see is the finished product, but we don't know like what they went through to get to where they are. So that's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship is just studying entrepreneurs and just seeing what they went through to, and what they overcame to get to where they are. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. So kind of starting out, I saw online you said you were born and raised in, in Puerto Rico. Yes, sir. Is that correct? Born and raised in Puerto Rico for my first uh, 18 years. Then I went to uh, college in, in here in the States and in, decided to go to New Orleans. Uh, I had a lot of family in there, so it was pretty safe for me to go there mm-hmm. uh, right after high school. And um, it was great, uh, almost, almost too great. Uh, I didn't, didn't last very long in there because uh, I enjoyed New Orleans too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, my personality was kind of like uh, not ready to go to school at that time. So my dad shipped me back to Puerto Rico after a year in New Orleans. Uh, and I, went, I still went to school there for a couple more years, but, you know, I was kind of not a trouble, you know, maker. But since like trouble found me, you know, fairly easy when I was when I was in high school uh, and then into college. So, you know, after a couple of years, um, you know, we wanted to get a, 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 almost like a, like a second start or, or find myself. So they, mm-hmm. they shipped me to Iowa. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I went to Iowa State for a couple of years, but I stayed in Iowa for nine years. So that's when okay. I started kind of kind of cooking. You know, I was uh uh, I was going to school and, you know, needed some money. So I started working uh, in a fast food kind of restaurant uh, called Taco Time. And within three months, uh, you know, they asked if somebody wanted to manage it. And I decided to kind of give it a crack. Uh, and I fell in love with, you know, the restaurant scene. Even though it was a, it was a fast food, you know, the, the, the basics are, are still the same from fast food to, to, to a larger restaurant. Uh, so I kind of quit school and did that full time. The owners were pretty cool, and uh, you know they saw that I, I was probably more 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 to do that than being a manager in a fast food mm-hmm. restaurant. So they kind of encouraged me to apply to cooking schools, and I did that. And uh, uh, you know, a year later, I was in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, going to a, a small school called Western Culinary Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that for a year. Uh, went back to Iowa, hooked up with a cool, cool guy again over there. That's a lot of cool people in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he had a couple of restaurants already in, 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 in Ames, which is where Iowa State is. And he hired me out of cooking school to kind of be a kitchen manager for him. And I did that for, for a year. I mean, uh, I learned a lot from him. You know, he was hands down the reality sandwich every freaking morning. You know, my days off, I was cool that I didn't have to be there at 7. I could be there at 10, you know, and that was, that was his introduction to, if you want to be in a kitchen, you want to be the guy in the kitchen, you, you, you got to lead by example. So that was a great, great, great that I made with him. I wasn't making very much money, but he really taught me, you know, like the importance of, of, of you know, keeping track on your pennies and, and, and mm-hmm. keeping track of, of, of a good staff in a small restaurant because, again, 
you break 50 plates in a small restaurant, you might not be able to kind of get those couple months. You know, here in the strip, you bet 50 plates in one day, you probably have a couple cases downstairs to kind of bring that up, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and then again, staff-wise, in a small city in Iowa, you know, you really have to keep your staff. So I learned how to how to really, you know, train and, and, and communicate with the staff to kind of build a bond, you know. And um, after that, I went to, to New Orleans, uh, which, I, again, Again, have family there, and it was oh, well, it was pretty I cool. Go to. Never been there yet. Yeah, you should, man. It, it is it's a great city for for everything, you know, for for arts, for food, for history, for folks in there. It's, it's, it's a unique, very 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 unique place. So I'm so happy that I went to get, went there, and um, you know, I was uh, I was in a restaurant groupie, but I was starting to kind of see who, who who were the big big people in the in, in the states. And Emerald Lagasse was one of the first ones, especially mm -hmm. in New Orleans. So. Uh, figure, hey, just just drop what I'm doing, you know, travel to New Orleans and uh, and try to get a job for him. Even though I didn't think it was good enough to to work for him right away, and this kind of like a like a kind of sometimes what it pays pays good to pays to be you know to be good to bad to be good. Uh, I got to New Orleans, you know, I got I, I suited up, you know, and um, you know went to a place that, that I thought it was too good for me, and I remember I was down this down the street, so see, I'm just going. You know, I'm dressed. I want to go to Emerald, have lunch, and he had a he had a food bar. So I sat at the food bar, and my salad was taking forever. The sushi comes out. Sorry, dude, it's taking a long time. And again, you know, I have plenty of time looking for a job. And uh, asked me what I did, and I told him, you know, I'm I'm a cook looking for for a job. Handed my resume, and again, the luck the luck I get pretty lucky sometimes. One of the other sushis uh, was his day off, but he was in the back getting some stuff together for a TV show that Emerald had the next day, and he was from Iowa. So the one sushi gave my resume to the sushi from Iowa, and I got hired on the spot. Mm. So I was going to do cool things again that, um, that you know, making a changing, changing your decision sometimes works better, you know, right. if you go with your gut. So I did that, and again, worked at uh, Emeralds for a couple of years for eight bucks an hour. And that's, mm. that's where the, t the, the rate paid for that, and especially, you know, at that how, time he not not to cut you off. Oh please! How, how long were you cooking before you ended up with that opportunity? With um, not that long, probably about three years. Three years. Yeah, okay. but again, it's one of these things that you know. My parents raised me to hate me, and you know, we're paying for school. We we want something in return, you know, and we want we want your commitment that that you're gonna try to be better than 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 you were yesterday, kind of thing, and that mm -hmm. always stayed in the back of my mind. And when I kind of faltered a couple of times, I figured, you know what, dude, I, I got to just keep a promise, you know. So I said, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I think I'm good enough to, to go to a bigger market. And, um, and again, because of the luck of the draw, I, 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 I was going to a hotel. I decided at that minute not to go to, a, to that hotel and just turn around and, 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 and I got higher emerald. So, again, I wonder what happened in my life if what I going to the hotel probably comfortable in there and stay 20 years in a hotel, no-name hotel, and then not not be in Vegas where would have had the opportunity to, 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 to be, do something really good, you know? I, I, I want to go back real quick um, when you're talking about coming from Puerto Rico. Did, did you did you come from a family of cooks, or were you kind of like the first in line that were not cooking? Not professional cooks. You know, one side uh, was uh, was French. I stuck with the, with the French name. And the other side, believe it or not, was Italian. So... Uh, and then that's from my from my father's side. From my mother's side, they were all Spanish. Okay. So so Saturdays and Sundays, it was all about family. We went to Saturdays, went to the to the Spanish side of the family, and, and on Sundays, we went to my father's, you know, side of the family. And there was always tons of cooking going on. I mean, I mm -hmm. grew up eating, uh, and we weren't rich, but but we loved cooking, you know. Uh, but we I, I tasted you know escargots cooked by my grandma in there, you know, stuffed artichokes, all that cool stuff. So I knew to try different things. Um, and then again, when when I when I back to got older, I remember those days, and I remember that I did not like going to school. My my father was an economist, and you know, so he always suit and tie kind of thing. Did not see myself doing that, you know. Mm -hmm. So again, when I got that that fork in the road, cooking, staying in school, I look at really was realistic with my personality. You know, can you make it as a as a nine to fiver? You know, suit a tie, mm -hmm. uh, maybe. Can you make it as a cook? Maybe, but I have the energy, and you know, I, st I like staying up late and all that stuff. So you know what? I think my 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 body, my philosophy, my mentality would be better than that. Uh, almost like a sport, and I love I love sports growing up. So in the kitchen, it is almost like 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 a, like a sport. Your family were they were they pretty much behind you when you decided um, that you wanted to be a cook? Or Not necessarily, a chef? because again, 
my father, my, there has been a lot of money on, on schooling. You know, in Puerto Rico, um, you know, you, you go two ways. Is you, you go to like the the, the Catholic old boys kind of private school, or you go to kind of kind of like the other schools. You know, and again, my my parents again, they were not they were not wealthy, but they they knew that they, they were. The goal was to raise good kids, you know. So they, they made the, the the challenge and the choices to put me through that. So so after you know doing a couple colleges, you know, and that's the reason I had to go to the to the fast food because my dad said, "Dude, I'm done with you. You yeah. got you got to start coming up with something." Uh, and that was a good push, you know, that that he did that he made me do at that time. Uh, and again, um, one of the comments that always resonated with him when he made said, "Man, I paid all that money and you're a freaking short order cook." And I go like. Damn, I gotta be better than that. So I, I knew right away that I was not gonna be a line cook for a long time. And nothing against line cooks, because this is what you do. But again, I was raised to, to to that mentality that you know you gotta excel in what you do because supposedly I had the talent. You know, so you said line cooks. Uh, yeah, so Lots that's of line cooks. Is all the cooks just that's the 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 the, the, the regular cooks, the guys the guys that cook day in and day out on the line. They okay. make the dishes from the chef, the recipes, and all that stuff. But the money stays there, you know. Obviously, more money comes with more responsibilities, and I was raised to, you know, you can handle that responsibility as well. So I figured, you know what, uh, just do it, you know. And again, I, I knew again because <laughs> on my dad's challenge that uh, I'm sure he didn't mean it as a challenge, but I took it as a challenge kind of thing. My dad was not not, not a mean person, um, but I said, you know what, game on, you know, and and again, I was a little older. I didn't start cooking until I was 27, and because I enjoy going to school but not going to school you know what i'm saying, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep. <laughs> so uh so yeah so i, I knew i was i had already challenged because i was 28 you know uh so i had to have want to have children so it's like everything's gonna now i party so much that everything's getting so close mm-hmm. together so i had to kind of see yourself real quickly and kind of figure some things out and again i will help with that slow slow me down big time uh, and prepare me to again to, to 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 get more responsibilities and be ready for the next challenge. And again, uh, the, the opportunity again with Emerald came, and I was there for a couple of years as a, as, a, as a line cook. And Emerald was he, he was just started, you know. Uh, he was crazy busy, man, intense in there because again, we didn't know at that time he only had one or two restaurants, uh, and he had this whole global mind of expansion. Uh, he was not gonna let any of us stay in the way. So if we were messing around, he would come in there and freaking just laid the law man and we understood it you know i mean this is important this is guy's business you know he he dropped everything he had a successful career already to open his own restaurant especially then he opened in a warehouse in the warehouse district which uh he was kind of abandoned after the World Fair in '83, so he was one of the first ones to go in there and, and open a business in the, in, the, in that abandoned area of New Orleans. Okay. I mean, he didn't have lights, uh, lights in, in the streets when he first opened the place, and then now mm-hmm. it's like humongous. So he, he has a lot to do with reviving that area uh, on New Orleans. And you had a lot of, did you guys have a lot of um, hands-on experience with him? Uh, I know you're working under him because I, I remember the, the one of the other interviews we were telling you about when I was telling you the young the young lady. She said she worked. Under um, Tom, is it Tom Calicchio? Calicchio? Uh-huh. She said she worked, saw him a few times here and there, but I guess he was so yes. busy that he didn't. She didn't get a chance to like kind of work with him hands on. How was that experience for you? And again, the the good thing for me that I started with him when he only had those two restaurants. So okay. going, and, and, and you know, it's always been ingrained in everybody and everybody's expansion. You have to have a team to expand. You can't just bank on Emerald's name and just I'm gonna go and conquer the rest of the city if you don't have. From the house managers who said that can carry that philosophy that made him that that rich. Nobody gives a crap about John Paul Abadie, you know, especially as a chef here. Uh, now they do a little bit, but yeah. before then it was just about Emerald Show. So he 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 took you know the the handful of guys and girls that were with him, and you know a lot of them still chefs and and, and, and corporate chefs for his company. Wow. Uh, and that was one thing that helped him expand so quickly as he did because again. Pretty much every single chef that he plays in the new restaurant had worked with him in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. we knew exactly what that boy's been through, you know, to get where he was. And we respected that, of course. Uh, and he kept us really, really aware of what was happening. You know, we had meetings with him yearly. And, um, and back to your question, when we came here, that was his first restaurant out of, out of New Orleans. So he was mm-hmm. here all the time, you know. So and he flew us, you know, at that time he was doing Good Morning America. So he was doing all kinds of events. So he flew us with him to 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 cook for those events you know for example i did uh i did uh don henley's wedding and uh in in 
in Barbara Streisand's old, old ranch in Malibu Mountains. So he, he flew a team of us. They made a, a, a made-up kitchen in this beautiful outside area, and we cooked for like 800 people in, in, in the wedding, you know. And after that, we went to see the, 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 the show. So again, he, he really took care of us, you know, once one he, he started expanding. So yeah, I had a lot, a lot of communication with him. And once he got bigger still, at least once a year, he have a summit that he called it in New Orleans. And we flew, he, he fly all the GMs, all the chefs with, with her, you know, with their partners to, to their throw a big party. So he, he really took care of us, you know, as, as he was growing. What, what did that mean for you, for someone to, you know, invest in you and at that age, you know, to give you that opportunity? And I know you saying you weren't making the most money at that time, but mm -hmm. for him to give you that opportunity, like, what was that for you to, you know, you know, it, it was it was sort of stressful because we, and especially at that time, you know, I mean, his restaurants make a million dollars, so so I was responsible for a chunk of cash that was not mine, that was him. So in going back to, to working with him in the kitchen, he knew me, he knew what my good points are, he knew what my, what my bad points are. So he kind of trusted me. I mean, he had to train me still, and he did that, you know, because uh, again, he had corporate chefs flying here often and, and hanging out with us as well, but. Uh, but again, I took that as another another great challenge. You know, hey man, this guy is allowing me to do this. I'm gonna see how much he can allow me to do. And eventually, I opened another restaurant for him and such. So, so again, it it, it it I mean, we worked our behinds over, especially at that time. And the hours we were putting was ridiculous, man, because Vegas was just so busy, man. And and even though he was busy in New Orleans, we were not expecting the level of business when we got in here. Uh, especially since he was just he was Wolfgang and, and him, you know, uh, and Wolfgang's already been here for a long time. But Emerald was the first chef that was cool to the people, you know. When he started doing the show, he really toned down that mystique about chefs are just crazy and mean. Uh, he was still crazy and mean sometimes, <laughs> but 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 he allowed everybody to be fun. And I mean, he really allowed people like myself to to be cooks, you know. I and mean, before this is a great story. Also, before you know, if I went to a party, I was a cook. You all, I mean, you either a next con. Or you freaking AA, or or you didn't go to school, and you got stuff. Now you know, even even ten years ago, I, I'm a party and say I'm a chef for Emeralds. They gotta get ten people talking to me. Oh my goodness, this is so cool. So again, he allowed a lot of people. Again, people say he was kind of clownish sometimes in his show, but man, he was he really allowed a lot of people that would never go into cooking to to go in cooking and have successful careers as cooking, even for house cooks. I think kitchens were not as elaborate and expensive until he started making his shows and people go, oh, I gotta get a bigger oven to my house and I get this unit and this thing. So he, I think he, he created a lot of that at, at that time when, again, like I told you, cooks were just last, last opportunity kind of jobs. Talk, talk about that, the mindset of somebody and his work ethic. What are some of the things that, that you saw, I mean, you guys put in a lot of hours, but you saw how he started from one, no. from one restaurant and, and expanded. What are some things that you took away from some that you know it's from him and that you took away from him when you began to you know kind of branch out and do your own it's just the work habits that he had you know i mean he and I, I was able to work in the morning shifts and a night shift so i knew when he was there at seven in the morning and i knew that, that when i work at light i left at midnight he was still there at midnight so i knew that dude spent ridiculous amounts of hours making sure you know his plan was coming through you know a lot, a lot of us make plans and then we just we just fail on just making the, the, the push, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something that I learned from him, even though sometimes I falter in my life about that, I, I know that, hey, push, 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 man, you can, you can get it done, you know, and again, that was one of the things that I couldn't complain. When I was working crazy hours, and yeah, he, he had the money and I didn't, but he was not just counting, you know, checks in his bank, he was there, you know, teaching us, the work, yeah. uh, telling us, you know, he had a kitchen table in the kitchen, so he when, he when he was making a dish, he would tell us why he was doing it because again he knew that he needed us we didn't know that but he knew that he needed us to go and and spread his word in the next restaurant because we all had kitchen tables in our restaurants we had to do the the dog and pony show when the, how he called it and i was terribly shy when i started with him and that's something that he said dude if you gotta do you gotta command you know you, your dining room you're gonna command your meetings you know and, and that's something i learned from him as well how, how to be you know you know walk the walk and talk the talk you know and, and i was able to get be a little more, more, more aggressive, if you will, when it comes to you know public speaking and, and things like that. Which, as a chef, you you need to be able to kind of be able to say things right away and and change you know direction. So so again, uh, I learned a lot from him. You know, marketing madness with him as well. You know, mm -hmm. he he again, I, I'm nothing compared to to what he is, uh, but I learned I learned a lot of him, and you can see that through a lot of the 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 
you know, the second and third echelons of, of chefs and cooks that have worked with him, a lot of them, boys and girls, uh, have very, very good jobs and good positions throughout throughout the states. How, how long would you say for you, um, w did you feel, finally feel like you got your feet under you? Like, okay, I know now that I'm able to like, really do this, and I'm I'm at a really great level of, of becoming a chef. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great point because, you know, most of us are never really ready for that next path, next, 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 next jump. And that's why, again, what keeps us sometimes, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet, dude. If, if you think you can, just just do it. Again, what, what happens, you just go back to where you were before, which is obviously not horrible because you're doing it. So mm -hmm. so that, that's one thing. Hey, I train, I train, I train. Even after school, I mean, I can tell you uh, the countless of notebooks I have of recipes that I wrote down and this one didn't work and this one, because I, I, again, I knew I was older again. So I had to get a lot more stuff done after school, you know? So I learned, I put all kinds of crazy recipes together. And as, as, I, as I grew as a cook, I was able to go back to those. Because like, sometimes, you know, you, I mean, having, working in one of these restaurants, you have to come up with menus every single day. Lunch, dinner, a tasting menu. And you do that for 30 days, man. After 20 days, you go, oh, my goodness, and it's what almost am I like, doing? And it's almost like, do you have to kind of, like, memorize these things when they spit something out to you? You just have to know it off the top of your head when you're able to just make it? Or Now, again, when, when, you're, when you're working on the line, yeah, it's all, it's all verbal. But, uh, but again, that's something that, 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 that helped me in, in uh, good, good cooks grow faster that way. Because, again, when I came out of the office with my menus, Sometimes I have recipes already done, but sometimes, you know, for vinaigrettes especially, I have no idea. So I tell, I tell one of the good guys or girls, hey, can you put these things together and let me taste it? Um, now, those things are not written for them. They, it, the way I did it, it was, it was kind of their responsibility. Now, the good guys and girls were the ones that were smart and kept those recipes. Because then mm -hmm. I go, hey, hey, Charles, uh, you remember that vinaigrette you made for the day? No, I don't. Okay. Next, you know, and Charles would never get on the cool project. You know, when you know you hey, hey Martha, you remember that recipe? Yeah, I got it written down. Awesome, man. Make me this one. And now I know Martha mm -hmm. is a good girl to go with. So that's that's that can you build your your good people to go behind you. And again, I was always uh again I live by example, but I always like to do the least as possible. And I don't want to sound but my job is to to supervise. You know, if right. I'm stuck chopping onions, I'm not supervising. So uh, I wanted to get people to do a lot of my, my, my work, and I'm still in there, but again, at that, that time, they're also learning, you know, because if I can cut onions the best, and I don't show anybody how to do that, then again, I'm not doing my job mm -hmm. for you me or for the leader. next guy, right. you know, so again, if, and I stop sometimes, like every day, I stop the whole line, guys, stop, we got to go back and see what we're doing, regroup, because again, we're also dealing with people's money, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. And you, you're a great example. You know, you come here to Vegas and you spend 50, 100, 200 bucks. You want to make sure those, those, those 50, 100, 200 bucks are well spent. You Absolutely. know, and the competition is brutal. So, again, we had that responsibility and that pressure on, on a daily basis. But we knew, again, we knew where we were stood. We knew that we had a good crew. We knew we, we knew how to cook. Used to manage, just open the doors and feed the masses. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we did for a lot of years. You said something interesting earlier when you were saying, you know, working on the Emerald Legrasse that he – like, you know, he was making millions of dollars, but you point me like it wasn't your money. You just you know it was going to his, and he was paying everybody. He had a lot of responsibilities. Was there ever a point where you felt like you know it got to a point where maybe you were kind of like feeling unfulfilled, and you maybe started wanting to kind of like transition and do your own thing? Yes, you know, most most chefs that, that start they want to open their own restaurants. It's brutally, I mean, the the, the time that you spend away from your family, the responsibility for money for yourself which is important in your family, but also for your staff, is something that I didn't really want to do. I mean, when, when I had kids, again, I was a little later, but I had to make sure that, again, like my father and my mom did, I'm going to do kids, and I did everything possible to get, to get them to private schools as well. You know, lucky for me, one is graduated from college, and the one is halfway through, so they, okay. they turn out not like me. <laughs> that's a good thing. So that's a good example not to do some of the things I did. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's, 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 again, it's, it's something you got to just go, go mm -hmm. with it. When did you know it was time for you to kind of like, and I love to ask entrepreneurs this, um, like a lot of them, they, they started with companies and then some some things were maybe budget cuts or it was just a point where they just finally, you know, said told themselves that it was just time to move on. For you, what was that moment when you realized you were ready to, you know, make that transition and, and do you your know, own thing? And I think mine was, was, a, was a different aspect of anything because almost the, the, the second thing, my second gear almost landed on me by, by surprise, you know, and... And uh, as, as a cook, you know, I wear aprons all the time. And uh, the aprons always bug me. And, uh, and, and 
and I one day I said, you know what, after spending tons of money on aprons and just, just I don't know what to do with this anymore, uh, I decided to kind of put something together. And I always wanted to, man, it's got to be something out there that I can create to make my aprons more comfortable. I wanted to think about making money on it, and so I, I created this thing uh, one day. Kind of sewed it by hand, and I brought it to work. And uh, actually, I made a couple, and because some of the other guys in there had the same issue, so I gave one to them and one for myself, and they loved it. So I made a couple more, and then one one person came, uh, uh, one of our purveyors came to the restaurant, and he had a salmon um, farmer uh, with him, and, and you know he asked me what what the thing on my on my apron was, and I explained to him, and he said, dude, if you don't patent that, uh, I'm gonna do it. Next day, you know, I got my girl, call a lawyer, and, and we patented the thing, you know. Um, again, at that time, I didn't know if it was going to do anything. You know, I mean, I was happy being a chef. You know, that's what I'd done all my life. My, my girlfriend was also happy being doing what she was doing, what she's done all her life, making great money. And uh, But I got more involved into it, more involved into it. I was kind of sewing in my house all super long hours. Um, and, uh, and then it became kind of almost, I couldn't do my chef job 100%. I couldn't do the apron typing 100% and um and then it's going to one of those instances that you know somebody kind of puts a roadblock in you in, in, in front of you and you that's when you have to make a decision and do I keep doing what I'm doing all my life and be comfortable with it you know again my kids are raised I have no major responsibilities besides myself and my girlfriend um you know what do we do and I said you know I said I'm gonna just quit my job, man. Again, I'm done with this roadblock. It does, it does, it's not gonna work for me the way it's gonna work for, for that company. You right. know, and that time, you know, after being doing it for so long, and you know, to back to your question behind, I was never bitter that Emerald made so much right, money. Right, you right, know, right. I, that was. I mean, I knew when I when I joined him, I mean, he wasn't making that money then. So, in a small part, I was big help for that because again, I, I did shows with him, you know. So, mm-hmm. so again, it, it was it you was got fun. The opportunity. It, was, it was fun again, and I Great was using him to to promote my my name here in the city as well. So, mm-hmm. and he allowed me to do. I mean, he he really gave us a pretty much free reign to do all kinds of menus. So when the numbers were coming in correctly, you know, labor and and and, and food costs, that that we could do anything we wanted to. And again, we we mm-hmm. took advantage of that. We went crazy, you know, learning and learning and, and doing all kinds of cool events here in the city. So I was never bitter, but after so many years, I, mean, I said, well, what's, what's in it for me now, you know? Because right. again, all of these guys are not, not, not talking about Emerald in, in particular, but the older we get, sometimes, you know, they don't need us as much, you know? And again, in that time was coming, you know, I said, you know, eventually, man, I'm gonna get just put out to pasture and that's not cool with me, I still got a few years left. So I, I kind of make that decision then, to, you know what? Before I invest another five, Ten more years in cooking, which again I love, but then I never really got to do what I spend the money patenting all that stuff, and that was always going to be in the back of my mind. So I got a little bump in the road from 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 the company I was with. You know what? It's my notice, and I mm-hmm. said, and then, then you know Maria was like, "Oh, you're crazy, man! You know, we sure want to do this. You know what? I'm not, but you know what? I can always go back to cooking in a Absolutely. year." You know, we have some money to eat and pay rent. So in a year, if worse comes to worse, I can always go back to cooking and, and I can mm-hmm. do that well. You know, and, and, and she understood that. So let it rip. And then yeah. pandemic started. And then I just went madness after right that. Right around the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. was, it, was it scary, though, you know, working for a um, successful um, chef, you know, mm-hmm. had a, a, around the world, everyone knows him. Was that scary, you know, kind of working for someone like that, that the big brand and the big name? And to walk away from that and kind of like do your own thing, or were you just confident enough in yourself at that time to you know just go all in on, and ready you know, for what you wanted? I I, I jump in that in, in that kind of crazy waters both feet before you know and and and, and, and I've I've done okay. I, I struggle sometimes you know, but I've done okay mm-hmm. that I figured you know what. You know, and I had a great partner that she had good money, you know, job. So that was that was always there. And, you know, I sold my truck and I had good money for that. I put that in the bank. Uh, mm-hmm. So we had some 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 money to kind of kind of back us up. So I was not worried about about the money necessarily. Of course, I was worried about failing. You know, which mm-hmm. I think I think is, is what drives a lot of us is just the fear of failing. You know, um, but you know, again, I had a good support. I knew a lot of chefs in the city, a lot of chefs in the city, you know, it's just a, it's a small area, you know, and most of these guys and girls have been here 
for a long time because it's a good city. You know, mm-hmm. if if you do the right thing, you keep your nose clean, man. You you, you can make yeah. some money here. So so I knew that I had good possibility, and and, and so we did that. Um, and again, it, we were growing, and then the pandemic came in, so we had to shut it down, of course. Uh, so we struggled with that a little bit. We didn't know what's going on. Um, so at at that time you were you were doing um, the aprons full time when the pandemic it's hit. Just, or you it's, just, still- uh, it's just it's uh, just the the apron tie. That's that's kind of the only thing I was doing at that time. The apron tie. Uh, okay. and, and you know when the pandemic started, the, the 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 shop that I had partnered with an individual that had a sublimation machine, and this is what we're doing right now. Uh, and we, we just started that. I got a good article, you know, on, on, on the papers here and there. And um, but then we decided to kind of do do uh, masks. And then, mm-hmm. especially him, he owned the shop. He went crazy making masks. He he, he did that for man, almost I want to say like eight months solid. You know, uh, a lot of times he didn't charge for them. You know, he had the material already in there uh, in his shop, so he just did that. Um, and then once every sensor opened up again, you know, I wanted to kind of take take the apron tie into into more things for a restaurant specifically and he didn't have a lot of space in his in his, in his uh, studio so we couldn't we couldn't stay together if we wanted to kind of expand so that's kind of when we broke up and uh we floundered a little bit until we found this spot and now we got we, we have what what i think is is, is a great 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 beginning for a company i want to ask you what you know starting kind of like in quitting leaving the job and then doing the apron uh the, the ties uh what was the biggest and doing all this in the middle of the pandemic, you know, and it's still we're still going through it right now, mm-hmm. but you're still trying to manage it better right now. Yeah. But what would you say was the biggest thing that you learned during that time of the pandemic? You know, how to how to really try to be prepared for, for anything that, 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 that might come after that. You know, I think that's that, that's what caught a lot of us by surprise, you oh, know. Yeah. Uh and then lucky for me, mm-hmm. I I just Quit the, the restaurant business before the pandemic because again, those guys took a, a beating. You know, yeah. I, I I was okay. Uh, I just couldn't sell. I mean, I would imagine Vegas was tough around yeah, that time. It was yeah. a freaking, it was a ghost town. I mean, it was it, the, the the cool thing for locals is to get bikes and, and just bike down the strip because it was zero cars. It was mm. it was really scary, man. It was really yeah. really really scary for people like me. We've been here for so many years. That takes you know. 45 minutes to just get into work and it was just see like not nobody, nobody yeah. man it was it was definitely kind of creepy uh but you know vegas uh vegas is uh it's a strong city and and the, and the folks in here you know the community kind of got together and, and and they support each other as much as possible and and you know obviously there's, there's a couple of casualties that happen you know for mm-hmm. both in, in on the strip and also the strip but some of the guys that, that survived are, are definitely definitely made them made them stronger you know they have better better systems um, better clientele, you know, so it, it's definitely working out. I know it's definitely horrible, but, you know, Vegas is coming out pretty all right. Absolutely. I, I want to ask you something about as a chef. Do you do you think, you know, I know you guys put a, so much time and, and effort in, into what you do. Do you think as a chef that you ever really perfect your craft? Because there's always things that you can tweak or you, you're, you're trying different things. Do you think chefs ever really perfect their craft? You know, uh, yes, and, and and as a chef to perfect their craft, it has a different meanings. You know, uh, because you can be a phenomenal cook if you can't make any money, then you really didn't perfect your craft. You know, so mm-hmm. you have that balance of you know your passion, the reality, the reality of your or your market and and, and, and and your staff or your building. You know, so when when I think as a chef, you master your 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 craft is when you can do things every day. Uh, knowing that that they're gonna be good, and that you can train your staff to do that for you, if you happen to not to be there. I mean, one of my my, my worst comments as a chef is like most chefs have Mondays and Sundays, Sundays and Mondays off, and I hate it, I hate them. People, oh, I only go to your restaurants when you're there. Well, you know, we're supposed to be good seven days a week. You know, if, if, mm-hmm. if nobody goes when I'm not there, then I did not do my job. So again, to 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 master my craft, I think is, yeah, my food has to be of course delicious. But everybody that works with me has to be able to make that food uh, when I'm not there, you know, and Absolutely. be able to keep 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 the restaurant rolling. Again, that to me is is, is when a chef or 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 you know on any business when 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 somebody masters his or her her, her craft, you know, mm-hmm. that you know you're gonna you have a system done 
that is well placed and efficient and saves everybody money and time and, and, and you have hope for the future. I saw that er, earlier, I was reading something that said you were um you won an episode of Extreme Chef. Extreme Chef. Did that talk about that experience and how did that help you um business wise as well? Business wise again it, it is I saw what marketing is is, is really mm-hmm. what where I think drives most businesses, you know, but again you have to have a great product, a solid product first of all, but I'm sure you've seen pretty crappy stuff that, that had a great marketing yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and you know people are just raking it mm-hmm. and you go man this is not even that worth it but again the marketing, marketing they did it so well so again Emerald I mean everything that I've done you know I, I try to put in go to a company that that, that has growth potential uh, not necessarily I'm going to go with that, that company forever but I want to learn as much as possible you know I always tell cooks you know, I'm going to use you to, 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 to make my money. Use me to learn as much as possible. When you cannot use me anymore, go somewhere else. Because, again, that's how you're going to get better. You'll learn managing philosophies, marketing philosophies, and, and so much. Again, if you stay with me forever, I'm going to love you. But when you get done with me in 15 years, man, you got nothing, nothing else, man. Right. And again, and again I, I appreciate you being with me, but it hurts me that, again, when you leave me, you're not gonna be better off. You might be worse off, you know. So uh, that's something that I always, always carry, and I think it helped me uh, be able to hire and maintain your staff. You know, that, and that's one of the things I always, you know, worry about is, is well. It's like I never wanted like my, my name or my existence to be tied up into. You, you, you're thankful for those opportunities, but you know, at the same time, you don't want your your name and existence to just be attached to someone else. You yeah. know, like, and I, I, I use the example yesterday when I, when I, um, when I was talking about ESPN. You know, I. I went to school and I did sports broadcasting and, and I wanted to be a sports journalist. So, and, But I would look at the people that were on Fox and ESPN and even when they were, um, you know, when they, whenever they do budget cuts, some of those big names were let go from those big companies as well. And it's like sometimes their names are just so attached to those big companies that that's all it is. Like that's like their existence. And like I, you never want that to um, – and I never wanted that to be me. It's like, you know, being attached to a company and then at the end of the day if, if – they happen to do cuts and they let me go. No. Then it's like, what do I have? So for you, would that be your advice to people in general, but especially like a chef? Would you tell them like if they were starting out on their road, their journey to become a successful chef? Would you tell them, you know, well, what would you give? What advice would you give them? You know, I tell my kids not to be in the service industry because again, it has the challenges of not seeing family. Your social hours are are pretty much not not there. You know, mm-hmm. so when your spouse is Mother's Day or New Year's Eve or you know somebody's birthday, you are probably not gonna be there, you know, unless it lasts on your days off, and that's that's a huge challenge for most people, you know, uh, especially if you wanna have have a good quality of life. You know, it's probably one of the not 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 one of the best careers to to have that that mix, and it's changing a lot, especially after COVID. People realize what's what's more, what's important, more important to them, right. you know. Huh? Hey, do I do I do I need that hundred thousand or, or can I have a better life? And I dug my budget to have a, a good life with 75000 you know? Mm-hmm. And, and again, a lot of people are doing that. And we, we see that in the industry when we can't hire sometimes qualified people. We can decide, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing, you know? I mean, I'm going to spend my time with my mom, with my wife, my kids. And, and I'm going to work because i got to pay bills, but I'm not going to work all the time anymore. Right. You know, and I think that the industry is coming to a big realization of that right now. So getting back to Cooks, you know? It's a great, it's a, it's a great place, you know. I mean, uh, you, you, you 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 usually hanging out with great individuals, you know. They have the same energy as you, so it's super. Let's pause for one quick second, and we'll be right back. This is the Cross the Line podcast. Welcome back to the Cross the Line podcast. We had to pause for a quick second. Now, Mr. Labadee, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, you're talking about chefs, and um, you know, sometimes you being away from your family and like having that personal life work life balance can be a struggle. What would you say for you was that the hardest part, or what would you say was kind of a tough thing you had to deal with? You know, it, it, it was it was the hardest part. You know, I mean, especially again on my case, I didn't have kids. I was older because I wanted to make sure I was ready to have kids. I was not ready in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once once we had them, you know, again we, we had the mission that these are going to be good citizens for the world. You know, not just 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 kids running do whatever they had they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I knew. Uh, that I had my challenges, but again, because of the relationship you know, I have, you know, we made it work, you know, on our case. And and, and it's hard when, when 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 parents work it off of schedules if you don't have a good communication. Right. Uh, because sometimes, you know, especially if the cooks usually work nights. Um, but you know what? I made a point that I'm going to get up every morning, make breakfast with my kids, and I, and I took my kids to school. So no matter, again, that's one thing that I always told myself and everybody around me, hey, no matter when I go to school, 
6.30 in the morning when my kids come to 6.30 in the morning. So if I go to bed at 1 or 2 or 3 or 4, I knew that no matter what, I had to get home my kids, sure. you know. And, I, and that was equipment that I did, and it was, it was, it was hard sometimes, man, again, because sometimes you work six, seven days, and, you know, you still got to do the thing. And I did that. Uh, but, again, it paid off big time, mm-hmm. you know. But, again, it, you just, it, it is the biggest challenge, but it, it, it can be done. You just got to make sure that, again, both, both parties – you know, if you're a single parent, you know, it obviously gets much more complicated. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But you know what? Then that's that's when you have to make that call. You know, if if, if, if you're in the right market, um, if you're in the right workforce, and sometimes you know, again, and if for a single parent, it is much it's more tough. But sometimes you just gotta maybe move to a different city that has something better when it comes to to that support. For example, here in Vegas, the city knows that a lot of their their employees. Are single parents, so there's a lot of support when it comes to daycares well, and things like that, because the hotels know that they cannot handle have their staff come. Hey, I got no babysitter, you know. So the hotels right. cannot supply. So again, and that's that's something again. And a lot of people don't have the the courage, which again is it, tough, or the financial means to do that. But it, again, that 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 be my 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 advice. If you if you love what you're doing, just see if you can find a better market mm-hmm. that, that might allow you to do that and, and take care of your needs as well. Absolutely. Would you say now, you know, I know you put in a lot of hours, you know, as a chef. Um, do you? Would you say the work ethic now, would you say you put in more hours now, now that this is all yours or – or we'll just, how many? How you would know, you compare and, the situation? And that's something that you always see in these memes in Facebook. Oh, I went in my own business. So guess what? Check it now. You have it. You know. It's, it's, uh, you know, and, and that's the difference from here. The, the hours are the same, really. Maybe even a little more. Mm-hmm. But it's my money. You right. know, when I left Emerald or or any of the restaurants that work, you know. Hey, if I put 16 hours a day, I'm good, but my job was done. I didn't have to worry about it until the day I came back. Here, right. I do not have that, you know, again, and, and, and as an imp- entrepreneur, especially starting, you don't have the, 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 the choice of, oh, that's too much work for me. I'm too busy. I don't, I don't want that. I mean, we take anything and everything that comes to our doors. And then, for example, last week, we had a, an event that we had to make aprons for on Saturday, for many reasons, our fabric did not get here till Friday at 3.30. So oh, we still have to print, cut, and sew the aprons. Lucky for the event was, was later in the, uh, 6 o'clock on Saturday. But we sit here a long, a long time, time to make yeah. those 60 aprons. And again, and, and I still took orders for this week because I, I might not get that next week. Mm-hmm. You know, when Emerald, especially in the Strip, is uh, I mean, when you have like five thousand rooms above you somebody's gonna want a gumbo and a chicken you know uh, at some point of that night here i gotta take everything that that, that i can at any time anywhere no matter what and that's that's those, those are the sacrifices again that entrepreneurs have to understand you know that hey eventually hopefully we're all lucky enough that you know what i'm too busy i'll, I'll give you somebody else that can fill those orders for you which mm-hmm. i don't think i ever do you know <laughs> even if i'm too busy i'll figure it out uh, I'll expand before I have to send business somewhere else, you know. Absolutely. But I think uh, you have to understand man, the commitment. Now the responsibility goes into you about your family, oh, your yeah. rent, your car note, your, your your kids' food. You know, again, mm-hmm. working for him, I knew we would get that paycheck every, every yep. two weeks. Here again, if I don't sell, I get no money. Yep. So that, that's what I was gonna say. The one thing about entrepreneurship is like the responsibility is on you. Is nobody giving you a blueprint of like how to do anything like you have to figure out a way to to do everything yourself i think the camera cut off again and most of most entrepreneurs are are in a new field you know so it's it's all new to us but yeah as an entrepreneur is no blueprint and i'm so and even in my situation you know um of course i tell people i still have a job that i work but at the same time i I have my own opportunity so I, i i wrote my own book that came out earlier this year and even when it comes to a point of you know interviews like I don't have a blueprint I'm I'm doing my, at home doing my research just studying it I study other interviews I study other entrepreneurs and I reach out to them and try to create my own leads and you know create my own opportunities you know I was like I said we were self-investment tools so we had some help from some local sponsors but still putting up our own money and just hitting the road and creating our own opportunities like it's no blueprint so even after here get back home I think be done for this week and even next week I'm back on the road again doing some more some more interviews which is like you're like a it's like a, I love it because it's mine, and I, I love you know hearing these stories and mm-hmm. studying entrepreneurs and learning the process because it gives me an opportunity to learn more things that 
I can try to use, and it keeps me motivated to keep going, you even though the journey it. is tough. You gotta love it, as you say. You you have to love it, man. Again, yep. once once you make that 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 jump to 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 your own business, to your to to your entrepreneurship, whatever it may be, you have to know that you have to love it, man. I mean, it's hard to quit that, especially in my case. Yeah, and I had cooking as a background, but if I'm in a different market, I might not get that. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't have a second choice sometimes, you know. So you just gotta. Again, and, and businesses fail all the time. And, and is that possibility for us? It sure is. I mean, I, I don't see it happening. You know, I want right. to give it everything I have to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, it's always, always, always a risk, man. You have to. If you don't love it, man, you, you're not gonna have the drive to it, man. Because again, it's so much easier to do it with somebody else's money when you know you're gonna get that paycheck. That if you exactly. call one day off, you know, hey, you might not get paid for that day, but you're gonna get paid for the four days. Here again, if you're not selling, man, you're not making any money, tough, man. Yeah. What was the, what's the biggest thing that you learned since becoming an actual your entrepreneur on your own? What's the biggest thing you say? Would you say that you learned? Man, just just talk to people in in, in 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 what you're doing. I don't want you doing. You know, there's there's opportunities that that, that come because of that. Uh, you know, we touched earlier that you know we don't like asking people for favors. You know, right. not only you know we want to make sure we do it ourselves. Nobody can tell us that. Oh yeah, you, you wrote on somebody's coattails for the longest time. But we don't want to owe anybody anything, especially you know when we're starting. So again, it, it, it's you just gotta you know just keep keep have that faith that, that that's gonna happen, and um, you know know that it's not it's not gonna fail. You know just just, just do it. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's, it's it's definitely interesting because you never know what, exactly. what day you're coming. Like sometimes I wake up on, on Mondays like. I have no idea what this week is going to be like, but you know what? I have my plan. I'm going to follow that plan, and you know, if I have to alter it sometime, I know I have the skills to alter it and stay in course. You know, and that's the thing you, mm-hmm. you got to stay on course. Uh, talk talk about the uh, April time. I think you say you were started right before the, the right pandemic. before pandemic. Yep. What was, what was like the beginning days like when you first you know okay I'm done with corporate corporate America like working working on it someone else, and then you officially starting your own. What was that like? You know starting your own again just just looking where, where where can you go next to to expand your product you know to, to get a brand started is super hard you know it costs money you know to to get all the all the legal stuff behind behind any 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 patent patent or any any you know um branding you know so but but you gotta just kind of you just kind of make a plan and and, and, and you just gonna figure out like going going back to to the question you had before you know you never you know Ah, crap, man. I kind of lost what I was at there for sure. About <laughs> entrepreneurship is, you know, being like a never-ending process of where it's like you never really know. Is it's that, like noise behind, okay? No, the microphone. Oh, okay. But it's, it's like a never-ending process. Like you, you really don't have any leads. It's like everything is up to you as an yeah. entrepreneur. Like you, yeah, again, you, you, you don't have a, you don't have a, a book a lot of times to, no to, to, to what yep. makes you successful. So, again, you have to communicate. And, uh, again, going back to, to what you said, you know, you have to kind of talk to people. Uh, great some for us, you know, when we have when we got this place, and you can see it's pretty big because we have we have some equipment that we wanted to buy. One of the hardest things about entrepreneurs is coming up with the funding. You know, everybody has mm-hmm. a great idea, and that's what keeps a lot of entrepreneurs not making it because I need money to do this. You know, and all of us don't have that money, and if you have it and it's gone, then what do you have after that? You know, how do you eat? So. You know, we talk to people. Uh, we have a, 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 a printer in the same complex next door, and you know, again, I'm, I don't like asking, but Maria, hey, let's go talk to this guy, see what we can do for us, because now we don't have a printing machine. So now we have the, the, the we have the, the product, we have some orders, but now because I left the other guy, I don't have I don't have anybody to print for us. So we mm-hmm. like that's one of the things that you start. What am I gonna do now? You know, and and, and, and as an entrepreneur. You do that because you think you're resourceful enough. You know, you gotta be able to do that. You gotta be able to tap dance when you can and, and, and jump when you when you have to. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we went to talk to the to, to our neighbor, and he prints uh, for uh, uniforms, for sports uniform like football, wrestling, and he does ton of business. I mean, his his place is packed with fabric, printing paper, all kinds of stuff. So when we were gonna talk to him, I said, well, you know what? We can, you know, if you can print for us, you know, and, and squeeze it into your inventory, which is hard, um, we have some room for you to store some of your stuff. And he kind of didn't think about it too much at that time because he's crazy busy. This guy is really busy. One of those guys that, that thrives on chaos, you know, that when you look at it, it's like, he's about ready to burn in flames, but he's got it all <laughs> figured out, you know. Right. So anyways, uh, he, uh, 
a couple days later, he called me and said, you asked me about if, you know, if I can store some, some, some stuff in your place, how big is it? Just come check it out. So he walked over, looked at it. So he got free storage and got free printing. So at least for now. So again, talking to people that are in your same thing, you never know who's going to be able to help you get better. Obviously, he's been doing this for a long time, and he's really good at it. So he saw us, and he kind of heard my story. and said, you know what? You seem like a good folks. I'm going to kind of help you out. And again, we're storing, you know, all kinds of stuff for him. And now he he has to kind of let us in into his shop, and, and we can print when we want to print, and, so which it was is a, really cool. I was going to say it was a beneficial oh relationship. Oh, my goodness. Again, if I want to not talk to this guy because, again, I'm too proud or, or whatever, I would have missed out. And who knows how much business, again, we might not be able to recoup some of those accounts that we already started. So, again, Absolutely. sometimes you got to suck it up, man. Again. And go talk to somebody, man. Yep. Again, especially mentors. You never know who's gonna be again. Yep. And Maria did to me like, uh, and you glad you went to talk to Jeff. I'm so happy I went to talk yep. to Jeff. You never know who what people will do for you. Hundred so percent. You know, and then, like I, I don't like to ask for things, but I'm thankful when people do. You know, reach well, out and help me with certain things because you never. Everybody can need help to get to where they, they're trying to go. And a lot of times when people just see you putting in the effort and. and pushing towards a goal yeah they're more than happy to help you mm, that's you exactly exactly yeah. what happened you know and i go over there to his shop and you know if we're gonna print he makes work he's i'm not gonna be sitting watching him print for us you know mm -hmm. so and i'm learning tons you know about by new fabric because he's been doing I me mean, he lived in singapore for 10 years you know uh and talk about entrepreneurship he, he wasn't doing this for a long time he did that got broke broke like nothing and then he's got again uh, like a phoenix a, a, a successful successful business you know doing what I, what i want to do you know so mm -hmm. it worked out really really well that we hooked up just a few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up as we, as we continue to talk about apron time um, what were some things that you that you hated about you know as a as a chef what were some things you hated about the traditional apron as opposed to to, to your I mean, the, the apron always kind of pulls, pulls in your jacket, you know, or, or kind of rubs. If you're wearing a T-shirt, I'm going to put a, a quick apron here so you can kind of see the effect. So this this okay. is the, the, the culprit, you know. So you put this thing on, and, you know, throughout as you shift, you're bending over. So if it falls over your jacket, then it starts pulling your jacket back. And I was going constantly just, just doing this madness right. and, and pulling it up. If you're wearing a T-shirt, it's even worse because it rubs again, you know, especially when you move. Uh, and there's crossback aprons and stuff like that that fix that problem, but you have to have five crossback aprons per shift. You only need, you know, uh, big Nolan's face. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, you only need one of these per shift. So when an apron might cost you, you know, and there's some crazy expensive aprons now, but an average apron costs you 30 bucks. You still need five. You know, and this costs you 13 bucks, and it's cool. You can you can customize it. You can print whatever you want to print in there. And it only costs thirteen dollars. Again, and it's super easy to use. And again, I'll do it. You kind of strap it here, and then it because you, you strap it to the bottom of the apron, it keeps the top over situated here over your shift jacket through an entire shift. It doesn't rub, doesn't pull, and uh, and again, um, it's been pretty good. I just sold a hundred to which got to finish by by Friday. That's that's part of this stuff in there. That's part okay. of that in that table for a big uh, purveyor company here. So again, because I've been here for a long time and I know these folks, he doesn't have to buy, you know, $700 or whatever of my apron tie, but he's he's gonna give it to all his chefs, not only here, but Arizona and Utah, and that could be a huge thing for us. I was sorry to cut you, I was gonna no, say, yeah. I, be, I would bet that, you know, as a chef, they would they could absolutely relate to it more because they know uh -huh. how, to, especially putting in all those hours and having something tugging on you so that long. That is my favorite, reaction when I give that to a, to a, to a somebody that I never used to before mm -hmm. and then put it on I got you son of a gun man I came yeah. to you pick you would have thought about it because again everybody that that used it really really sees the difference you know uh, I wouldn't quit my job if I didn't think you know this would be worth it uh, especially not for cooks but anybody that mm -hmm. works on apron that's one of the first things that that kind of made me do this even a corporate chef one day this was just have you done the math what do you mean, Chef, about how many people wear aprons in, in, in just in the city alone? And I almost panic. And I go, well, I'm ready for that, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things that, you know what, again, it works for me. It works for the people that are already given some. It's just go with it, man. Absolutely. And with it being patented, no one else can. Nobody, nobody can do a detachable uh, 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 item 
that attaches to the top and the bottom of the oil apron for this purpose. Now you can do all kinds of things in there, but it it it, it, it won't let you do it. You know, it, you can do this. Like the crossback apron fixes that problem. You need five. This jacket has a loop, have a loop here in the collar that you attach that, but but you only need five also. And again, to take an uh, to take an apron off, which is again the aprons are there to the to protect your body if you spill something hot mm -hmm. to take one of those aprons off is twice as long as take one of these it's these aprons off because it, it really you know deal with demo here when, when you get to do it so you can see okay. it but it really really i mean i thought really about all the things that really bugged me about wearing an apron and how to fix it in, in this thing not only fix that problem but now because again we're, we're printing on sublimation on sublimation i can i can really put any any kind of logos you know that that, that we want to you know for nice. example, this is a this is a local artist, and he sent uh, you know a big 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 art, and we were able to kind of split his art in, into five ways, and we and we printed apron ties, and we have a, a website at artist corner that any any apron ties that we sell from the artist corners they get fifty percent of, of the sales for it. Mm -hmm. So again, we're trying to kind of do things for for the local artist community as well. And before before we and now I, I make sure we go over it again before we end, um, wrap up this interview. Um, for people who want to purchase an apron, how 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 can they go about? We have we have a website. Uh, uh, it's uh, tie dot com, mm -hmm. and, and it's it's, it's populated mainly by, by apron apron ties. Uh, aprons is just something that just happened in the last really month or so, uh, and I, I it's taking over the apron tie, uh, especially in this city. Everywhere, every cooks love aprons, and, and I can make some cool aprons. So it's getting the worst, getting it on pretty quickly. And they can uh, still customize them as well. They can customize. I can I can make them out of out of sublimated material. I can make them uh, out of regular regular fabric. You know, uh, this is tie dye that we did here at the at the, at the shop. Um, but again, you know, I can I can do a lot of lot of cool things. And believe it or not. Um, most of the people that people ask me right away, oh, so who makes that stuff for you? And I go, well, I do. I say, no, come on, dude. I know mm -hmm. you're a chef all your life. You sewing that stuff? So yeah, we went, bought some uh, industrial, you know, strain machines, and we have uh, still hopes to to get a sublimation printing here for us to expand into more more restaurants, uh, things related to restaurants. And uh, again, this 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 we have a, we have a solid base here in the city, man. The city has been great, super super helpful. You know uh, the community of chefs here. Absolutely. Just a couple more questions for for everything that you've accomplished um, as a chef and starting your own business and 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 the goals change as you go along on your journey. But what would you say will be next for you? Like some things that you wouldn't mind sharing, that, like some goals that you may have. You know, we we we, we want to expand again into into more more items needed for the restaurant. Sublimation is is a printing uh, thing, and I, I don't want to insult you if you don't know. But sublimation. Prints by getting you, know, you print in a printer just like you would do for any other printer uh, that you put it in a fabric to to, to print. Okay. Now the thing about sublimation, uh, it only prints on 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 polymer, so it doesn't print natural fabric. So I cannot print on cotton, which is a challenge. Uh, but the fabrics are coming such a low way. But anyways, you put you put the the, the fabric or, or or whatever you want to print on. You put the 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 printer paper on it, and it goes into a press. So this press, just by, by amounts, huge amounts of pressure and, and heat, it, it heats about 400 degrees, uh, and then just, just amounts this even pressure from the bottom and the top that they actually it melts the ink into vapor, and vapor is, it, it goes, it, it gets imprinted into the fabric. Mm -hmm. So it's not printed on it, it's in the fabric. So this, this will never crack, never fade. It will last as long as the fabric lasts. And that's okay. the cool thing about sublimation when it comes to silk printing and things, those things will crack, will fade. Most of those printings will average about 50 to 60 washes before you start seeing some deterioration on the print. This will never ever, I mean, the fabric will decompose first before the, 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 the printing because it's in the fabric. And we start with white fabric all the time. Like that fabric where there is white and mm -hmm. we print it on, on that thing. So that's the cool thing about sublimation that I can put anything from from my i have I have some of this my my dog my picture the dog my picture so so the imaging comes as clear as as, as the file that you sent me so that's the cool thing about sublimation um, um a few, few more questions mm -hmm. looking back at your journey if it, is there anything that looking at that you would do differently along your journey i mean there, there's always sometimes like that but again any of those steps will, will alter the rest of my career you know or, or my life so yeah this I've done plenty of stupid things that mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't done, but you, you gotta look at everything prepares you for the final, 
you know, whatever it is, you know, and again, you got to look at the, uh, everything being good or bad as a learning and, and just kind of think about it. I mean, something I tell everybody that I meet, especially young cooks, man, just give me, and my kids, just give me 15 minutes on your drive home. Look at how your day went. If it went super crappy, let's figure out how to change those things right. so it don't happen again. If it went good, again, remember those things so you can incorporate them in, in, in your life. So, so, so we go those things. If we don't do those, we're never going to grow. We're never going to fix our mistakes. And again, I, I learned to learn from mistakes because I made a lot, you know, and, and that's something I tell my kids, man. You, you, you know, you're gonna mess up, man. Just make sure you mess up doing the right way, you know. By by by, yeah. If you make a decision based on, on past experience, on things mm -hmm. that, that you know, and it messes up, you know, it, it is what it is. But if you make a decision by stupidity and it messes up, you know, it's, it's your own damn fault, man. Right. And again, hopefully, my kids will give me those 15 minutes and the 15 seconds before they make a big decision to alter their life because we get we're always. In that, in, that, in that line that we make a stupid decision yeah. that completely changes it's, everything. So that's the main thing for me. Do not make that decision. Yeah. It's all, everything is like a learning process. It ties up to it. And I could have changed many things in my life. Yeah, would have been better? Maybe. Could have been worse? Maybe. So mm -hmm. I'd rather not, you know, I like the mystery, you know, let's just go right. with what I create. What advice would you give for anyone, you know, that wants to pursue their dreams? Maybe not as an entrepreneur or a chef, but just in general, like, if you had any advice for anyone who wants to pursue their dreams, what advice would you give them? I mean, you just you gotta have friends. You just cannot. I mean, there's very, 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 very few people that have been successful by doing it on their own. You know, you have to be super lucky or be super wealthy to begin with, but most of us do not have that. So again, it's just having friends, having having people that can counsel you, having people that can that can smack you on the top of the head, dude, you're being a dumbass, <laughs> you know? We need that, you know? If not, right. we can go down that road, which is too late, you know? So we need the people in our lives, you know, being friends, being family, being, you know, mentors, uh, being somebody that hates you, you know, hey, that might be your best friend, because he's gonna be, on you, you know, trying to way you make that mistake. Well, don't make that mistake for this guy. So you mm -hmm. you gotta have friends. You have our connections. Because again, back to to Jeff and here, you never know what you're gonna miss out from somebody. But you're always learning, always learning, and you have to have that attitude that you go to a place that because you want to learn, not that you know everything. Because you lose right yeah, away. You never learn anything. You everything right away. Yeah. You never exactly. lose when you go into knowing everything. You never learn anything else. Exactly. <laughs> And my final question, the one that I love to ask everyone since we've been on the road, this is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. So what does self-investment mean to you? Oh, man, again, it is it is controlling your destiny, man. You know, it, it is, uh, again, and, and, and everything can change. You know, you can have everything. I mean, I, uh, I trying to remember this line my mom used to say, you know, you can always plan, 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 but there's one final person that makes the final decision. You know, most of the time it's just God or whatever entity you want out there. Absolutely. But you just got to plan. And not think about what what could happen wrong. You, you got to plan for things to happen wrong, of course, to have a backup. But you just gotta make a plan and go for it, man. Something again, I always ask people, hey, what's your plan? I don't have a plan. You know, I live my life with no plan for the first half of it. And again, going back to to what you gotta change. If I would have been smarter or less lazy or less whatever ten years before me, who knows what I could be now? But again, right. I'm, I'm happy where I am. You know, I, I I'm lucky to be able to say that. You know. But yeah, you, you gotta you gotta have friends, and you gotta be selfish. You gotta be serving your, your your skills. You gotta practice them enough that you know that no matter what happens, you'll have those skills, and you'll be able to kind of maneuver the waters, the choppy waters, yeah. or the hills and ups and downs because you have those skills, and you know you have those skills, and you bank on those skills. And, yeah, and that's it's just super important, man. Again, friends. And big skills. You gotta stick to those things. Absolutely, <laughs> Mr. Labadee. I, I want to thank you again for taking the time to sit here and, and share your story. It's been inspiring. Um, just your journey. Just hearing how you you became work from one of the most successful chefs to creating your own opportunity. You know, a lot of people. You know, they work for a major corporation. They're afraid to to walk away from something that because there's a lot that's attached to it. We get comfortable, man. Comfortable. That's the thing. It's just you know I, I could have stayed in Emerald again, probably another ten years, super chilling, man. But again, after those, just ten years, now I'm in trouble, you know. So again, when you get too comfortable, again, you have to have that person being your spouse or or or, or a buddy that say, hey, man, I know you're loving life, but what's gonna happen in five years, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's a scary thing because a lot of times people may not have like their own personal goals. I think, like you said, a they lot. get attached to, to the job or what they're doing, but not really doing what they truly want to do and not being fulfilled. And that could be a, a scary thing. And like I said, anything can happen. I think that's what the pandemic showed us. Nothing is like guaranteed. Like you could be working for one of the most successful corporations, but and then the next day you come in, they uh -huh. take 
budget cuts anything, and then what? What do you have? Yeah, but again, if you have some goals, you have some goals yeah. that that even that stuff happens, you, you still have your goals. So hey, you might have to go a little bit around the ways, mm-hmm. but you, you still have those goals, you know. And it's it's great to have a two or three or five year plan, again. But then those two and three or five years will come by. So you gotta well, well those two or three years are coming fulfilling that plan. Hopefully, you gotta start working on their next plan. Hopefully, better and hopefully bigger, more responsibilities. And again, not everyone wants to do that, and I understand that, mm-hmm. but. I would have I would have gone to my deathbed and go, man, I, I wasted so much opportunities, you know. Especially I, I I was taught that I had the talent, you know. I would have been bummed out if I wouldn't been, you know, first a good chef and now doing this, you know. Uh, again, uh, it's it's another another mission that I have to accomplish, you know. It's just no sense of buts, you know. Absolutely, and it's so rewarding doing something that you love doing. Hundred percent, man. That's 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 the one thing that that I get home, you know, knowing that. I did something for myself, and then tomorrow I got to do something more, even more so. But before it was, hey, I'm like, hey, I did a, I get a kick-ass service, great. Tomorrow I just got the same thing, same you know. Thing. Uh, so, no, this is definitely interesting, but, again, staying power is the key. Absolutely. Mr. Lapidee, I want to thank you again for taking the time to sit with us um, out here in Vegas. This has been a blast. We had a great time out here. It's a great city. Been around the city. Yes, sir. First time in Vegas. You so. got to come on and see us more often. Next time, next time. I'll tell you guys to where you need to eat. So you okay. just call me and we, we, we'll get a tour. Yeah, we got some good spots. Because some man. of the some of the stuff we had, oh man, like the the wings, that was probably like one of the worst things we had. Man, it was. Ah, you it know, was, it is it is a great city for cooking, but you got to know where 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 you're gonna spend your money again. And I'm here for you. Anybody actually, anybody that comes to Vegas, just give me a holler, man. Yes, I, I I I'll tell you where to go, where not to go. Absolutely. <laughs> so we will definitely be back. And we'll definitely be back. We had a great time, like Please I said. Do. Yes, sir. So hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. Oh, real quick before we get out of here, can you please tell everyone how to find you again on social media, find your business? Okay, so we're, uh, we have a website. It's uh, myaprontie.com. I'm also on Instagram on the John Paul Lavari 3, both on Facebook and Instagram. And we have myaprontie also on Instagram. Um, you can all send me all kinds of messages if you want to get to know us, what we can do for, for you when it comes to apron ties or aprons. Uh, and, and then look out for us because we'll be coming up with, you know, we definitely want to get into the, 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 the chef shirts and some beanies and things like that. Uh, we have the equipment. Like you said, you know, we have the space. Just go for it. Yes, sir. Well, so thank you again for taking the time to sit with us. And hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode of the so. Cross the Line Podcast. This is Self-Investment Tour. So keep, till next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.